Welcome to the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Eganoff. And I'm Nicole Mahalik. It's where sports and pop culture come to play. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see Ginge is making Gingy, it. who was barking out, outside of the door in my new guest bedroom. That's where I am right now. Um, Fun. What, do you have any, you haven't unpacked yet? Barely nothing. Like I just got some more of my clothes out tonight. Um, just because every, so I moved in good Friday, Easter weekend was all family stuff, work, 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 work. You know, I had, um, a funeral, um, a viewing last week. I got my, um, second shot, which set me on my ass for a day or so. And then, um, a dinner last Thursday, like I just haven't had time to like sit down and, have do anything you know and then it's like the weekends I had we did our thing at Cherry Street Pier which I will talk about uh, which we'll talk about and then I had a family uh birthday party right after that you know and then Sunday I had a migraine so it's just kind of like one of those things where I have not had a second and it'll all get done eventually but that's why do you see the fish photo in the background you see that fish yeah yeah, yeah, that's clearly not your, unless you have something to tell us, are you an avid fisher that you haven't let it on? Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of, um, I wish I could show you, like horse, there's horses, uh, there's Don Quixote. Yeah, there's a lot going on in here. So that's, um, this is the guest bedroom, which I will be redoing shortly. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah, no, I'll get, I'll get unpacked. It's but it's interesting when you talked about, I was feeling like that last week where my schedule's getting busier again and I'm just yeah. not used to it. We didn't really do anything for a year. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I have two things in a day. Well, and you know, like I used to go from like one thing to another, to another. And now I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm supposed to go to the dentist and I'm supposed to go for a walk and I'm supposed to meet somebody for dinner. Whoa. What is this crazy thing? Well, And I don't know if maybe like because I, I'm, I can feel easily overwhelmed. And then, because, you know, I have anxiety and if I feel overwhelmed, then I get anxious. And then I kind of like freak out, not like freak out, but I'm just like, Oh my God, the world's ending. Um, right. I get like a chihuahua. I like shake. And then, um, and then, uh, but then I was like, does it all feel so overwhelming? Because like, I used to go seven days a week for like three months at a time yeah. and not even question it. We're I read an article about that, about just like our bodies are just not used to it. And it's like, we're tired. Like it's so, it's too much for our brain to process. Like we're still worried because we're still in the pandemic, but like we're kind of coming out of it, but it's just, it, I think it's just a lot. Um, and even like last week. So we did this live podcast at Cherry Street. It was part of Meet Philadelphia. It was called The Better Project. And it was a very cool setup. And we were set up on the pier and we we were trying to do this live podcast and the sound was horrible. Unfortunately, we're not a top 15 podcast yet. But if you're feeling kind and loving, if you can please subscribe yeah. to the Lipstick League and, and send us a review, a, a five-star would be amazing. If you want to give us a four, that's totally fine. I was always like an 85, 90% student anyway, but like anything less than a four, then just move it along. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. love you. So, but that would really help because like, it's just us kind of trying to do all this right now. So we were like, we're going to do this live podcast. And well, unfortunately our Amazon microphones did not do what it was supposed to do. So no, we had, so that, <laughs> it, that audio went in the trash. <laughs> yeah, it did. I try, I tried to salvage it, but it's basically me and the microphone. Like, yes, Nicole. And then, and then it's Nicole. Like, <laughs> and then like you can hear all these other people laughing and then there was all these like sky booms that we don't really know where they were coming from but um yeah really big thanks to the hello project and meet philadelphia 
uh, for having us out. Uh, it was a really cool event. They had like mindfulness, yoga, uh, bean to bean coffee. Um, our girl Die Hard fan was there, Emily. Modern- yeah, so Emily from Die Hard fan, we are, it's so exciting. And she was actually on the pod, but unfortunately the mics didn't work. So um, <laughs> we're going to show her a lot of love on the socials. Die Hard fan, we are officially launching a Lipstick League sweatshirt. Woo! And we're super excited about it. Um, link will be up hopefully by the time this episode's up. If not, we're definitely just going to share the designs with you as soon as possible once this ep- episode is up. Um, and we're really excited about it because it says Lipstick League on the front. And then it has a little kissy on the, sh- on the sleeve. And then on the back, it says good vibes only. And that's what we are trying to be about here at the Lipstick League is good vibes only. And um, we're really excited about it. So it's going to be really cool. So please yeah. visit Die Hard Fan. Purchase your Lipstick League sweatshirt. Um, yeah, so we were super hyped to have her on. And eat, and did you see, Nicole, that so it was her four-year anniversary. She told us the story on the podcast. And her boyfriend, yeah. Ross, was taking her somewhere special. She didn't know it was surprised. Oh, yeah, where'd they go? Um. You know what? I don't know if I actually internalized where they went, but he did propose. Oh, he did propose. He did propose. How did I miss that? So she was telling us, well, that she thought that he might propose that day. She yeah. like, all my friends turned off their locations and all this stuff. And so they've been together for four years. So congratulations to Emily and Ross. That's um, so cute. And you know, what's really funny is that, did you watch the Amy Schumer special? I think it was two specials ago where she did, I mean- I'm not like a, a huge Amy Schumer fan, but that in particular, I mean, I love Trainwreck, but it was, it was all about like being in like your mid thirties. And like, she did this whole thing about like, isn't it crazy when girls get surprised when they get proposed to, she was like, mm, that's probably something you should talk about. Like you probably should have a conversation if we're going to get married. And I'm like, that's so true. Like everybody's always surprised, but she knew because it's like, they talked about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she knew it was coming. So, and then it was just, which I thought was like really cute, but I'll have to, I'll have to look it up because yeah, I wanted I'm, to. Yeah. So shouts to Emily and Ross. Hold on. Let me see if I can look. And the sweatshirts are super cute. They're pink and black tie dye. And we modeled them a little bit, did a little mini photo shoot again, same thing. Don't have a photographer, just did it on our own. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. real bare bones it's really bare bones here yeah so we are a grassroots (laughs) grassroots operation um but that's what makes us great is we just keep it real and we're building it and and we did have a really good discussion though about like relationships relationships. i know i know and so we'll have to we'll have to like circle back to that at one point because it was like it was good and deep and you know just talking about me how i'm working on trying to get my mojo back and um but I feel like though we need to talk about, we haven't really talked about the Sixers in a minute and everything that's been going on with Ben Simmons and, you know, so much of this podcast, which is what we talk about is like a, another side of sports. And when he was like going through a couple of weeks of just being just not with it. And I was like, there's something going on. Like I thought maybe like Kendall was back in the picture or like something. And then everything came out with his sister and his sister Liv accused his brother, Sean of 
sexually abusing her as a child. Now, obviously we don't know anything. This is yeah. literally just from Twitter. So we're, we're just reporting what we read on Twitter. We don't know anything, but I would assume that takes a toll knowing that this is happening in your family and this is affecting your family. And I think that it's, it's, it's not just like a breakup. I mean, this is heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. This Regardless is- of what the situation circumstances are behind it, I think that it makes total sense why he's not all there. Yeah, and um, you know, we kind of touched on it on the Mike Missinelli show briefly. Um, and it's one of those those things that um you don't know, like regardless of whether it's true or not, just the fact that it's out there and he's such a public figure and Yes, you know both his brother and his sister are also public people and it's this very sad um tragic thing chalking it up any way that you put it that he absolutely that he is kind of in the middle and you know a part of it that's his family like tyrone said on the air i would not be able to do my job if my family was going through something like that. He's like, I couldn't come here right. and produce the yes. Mike Spinelli show if my family was going through something like that. Like I, there's, and people, I, I think that a lot of the media is staying away from it, rightfully so, right? Because it's such a deep, it's deeper than any sports issue, I think that, ever gets talked about like that's that's a different level of closest of like yeah I mean and I think the closest right and I think the closest story in sports would be Jerry Sandusky and Penn State it would be similar in a sense that it's that heavy that it's just not about sports it's It's about right so children and and and, you know it's, it's heavy like the sports like the sports media won't address it um which is which is fine and i and i do understand why because it's it's such a and it's such a personal thing right to the to the family um but you cannot say on any planet that dealing with that level of stress that that level of family induced stress regardless of the truth of the matter whether it's true or not true just dealing with that level of the situation um, takes a toll. Absolutely. And, yes. and, and you'd well, have and to, not- like, you just, you'd have to be like, I don't know, like some sort of like pod person. If, if that doesn't affect it. And if, if dealing with something like that with your family wouldn't affect you professionally. Yeah. I mean, there are people who compartmentalize better than others um and you know it's it's the famous story of Brett Favre and his dad died and then he went out and played Monday Night Football and had the best of his career right so like but obviously that's that's different because you could look at it in terms of like he did it like for his dad right like he it was you can see like a positive spin on it there's nothing positive about this no it's 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 somebody's family that's being um kind of like torn apart in a way, you know, just based, yeah. just based on so, whatever, just based on whatever it's being torn apart. So, um, 
I, I yeah. think that that's the reason um, for Ben's decline, but hopefully, I mean, I, I just said that hopefully he is getting, he's able to talk to somebody about it, about the heaviness of this, about being such a public persona and having to go through this publicly. And I just hope that he has an outlet for himself um, where he can, where he feels comfortable in telling somebody how he's feeling about dealing with something like this on a very public stage when he's playing in the toughest sports city in the entire world, because nobody, and if you're somebody who's struggling with whatever, Nicole and I are very big advocates for therapy and, and talking things out. So um, oh, I love my therapist. Yeah. Like you never have to go through anything alone and navigating the world is hard enough. And then, you know, when you, regardless of your career situation and then like throw in, you know, a shit ton of family issues or stress or financial issues and can make for a perfect mix of nothing, you know, but, um, subpar performance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. And again, like it's, it's, it's different. It's different than what people ever normally deal with, which I think makes it, makes it that more intense, but we'll see. I mean, we're, we're recording this episode when the Sixers are playing the Nets. Obviously the game will be long over by the time this is edited and you hear it. But I think it's really interesting because obviously it's such a huge part of the conversation. I mean, the Nets are the favorite, right? And tonight, I think it was really interesting because basically no, none of their stars are playing. No, nobody played. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, Bill Smith was, was start was starting. Yeah. And to me, it was like a lack of respect. It's like, they almost were like, well, that's sweet that people think the Sixers might beat us. You know, like, I don't think, I really do believe that the Nets just assume that it's like in the bag, you know? And I think, which is so interesting that no one is talking enough about is that like Steve Nash is the head coach. And I think that that's so fascinating. Right. I mean, and if you don't know who Steve Nash is, he was the legendary Dallas Maverick and he was a very famous basketball player and he kind of chilled out and he was a consultant for the golden state warriors when they were winning. Yeah. He got this opportunity and they hired him to be the Nets coach. And then every major, you know, we all know who became, who is on the nets this year. And it's really fascinating that he's able to do this because it's very rare. Usually you see former players be successful coaches, right? Like obviously you have people who played in the NFL and then have coached, but they've have, they've played on a practice squad or they were a backup it's extremely rare. Doug Peterson. <laughs> Correct. Frank Reich too. Frank Reich. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's very rare that you have a star athlete who then goes on to be a highly successful coach. Obviously, yeah. Steve Kerr is a perfect example. I mean, Steve Kerr is Steve Kerr from the Bulls. And he wasn't Michael Jordan, but like he was still Steve Kerr. He was, you know, a starter on that Bulls dynasty. And he obviously is, you know, has a, was a phenomenal coach, is a phenomenal coach um, for the Golden State Warriors. But so I just think it's really, really, really interesting that Steve Nash decided to do this, you know, and then all these incredible players decided to go and play for him. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. 
it's not like he, you know, Doc Rivers is a well-established coach in the, you know, Doc Rivers, Joe Girardi, Andy Reid. You have these like well-established coaches that have been there a long time and they're, they have a level of respect. Steve Nash was just this really good basketball player and it's his first time coaching, but then arguably the three biggest stars besides Kobe in the, in the NBA decide, oh. Hey, we're going to go play for you, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's really, really, really interesting. And I feel that like, he must have a way, right? Like he must have a way that he's able to like get through to these players to make them like buy into the fact that this is his per- first coaching experience. And that, that they all want to go there. That they all want to go. So, you know, what's funny when I think about um, that, and I, and you know, Doc Rivers, he does have, he did have, he did play in the NBA. So he has that experience too. But I, I do think that for somebody like Steve Nash and having all the success that he did, um, you're more likely, and in my opinion, are you more likely to listen to somebody and be coached by somebody when you know that not only did they play, but they were successful themselves as a player? Like, right. you're going to be more open to hearing what they have to say because they walk the walk and they talk the talk where I personally have a problem. If you've never done anything in your life and you're going to try and tell me how to do something, I'll be like, why are you telling me how to do that? You don't even know how, like, you've never done that before. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that, that it, so and, I, and I guess the thing too, is he was successful and that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and it success, makes right. Yeah. So you're going to be more inclined to listen to the head coach who was a superstar and now yeah. saying, Hey, here's what I'm seeing on the court. Here's how I think you should win. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's interesting. I, um, and I guess too, like, and I really think that it matters is that he's a good person. Yes. I think that that matters is that you were successful at your job as an NBA star, but then you're also a good person. And it also is who you surround yourself with, right? Like the people who make the best leaders surround themselves with people who might know a little bit more than them and they let them kind of do their job. And so all the assistant coaches for the Nets are like a decade or two older than Steve Nash. They're people that have been in the NBA for 20 years, 30 years. And so he surrounded himself with, with legendary people in, in the business who've, who've done it and said, okay, you help me. And I think that that's also, we're like Nick Sirianni Sirianni has decided, Oh, well, let's just hire everybody under the age of 30. We're like Doug Peterson fought to keep Frank Reich, right? Because he knew that Frank had the experience. So So I I think that- Yeah, I took a deeper dive. This is going to have to be a whole next episode. We should do a whole one on um, football analytics, but deeper dive into the way that the Eagles organization has been run for the millionth time. We're going to have this conversation. But- Right. So- They've been using advanced football analytics for the past couple years. Um, Philly Philly was a play suggested based on field positioning by the analytics department. Um, yeah. So when uh, Doug, well, the so Philly it, special, you mean? Yes, the Philly special. So um, I think that they had so much success with it with the analytics that year. 
that they carried home with it uh, or they carried on with it over the next two years. I think last year, Doug Peterson didn't get to call a play because they basically just went on analytics. And I think that that's why they want these younger coaches as puppets because they want the analytics department to run the football team. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's, again, this is an episode for another. Yeah, because I think well, we will do an episode on that because we could tie in baseball and we because baseball kind of was the first yes popular sport that adopted analytics right and it's and it's the and listen like radio is all about statistics and analytics right and i fight it because i feel like there's a there's a marriage of there's a reason that humans are not robots because there's sometimes there's again the je ne sais quoi there's something with a human that you not you can't necessarily put your finger on that like analytics are there to guide you but they can't be the end all and be all and so there has to be there has to be the marriage of both and i want to so that would be interesting because i would love to see because i think in baseball it's really interesting and there's uh, there'll be more to look at how there's some teams that adopted it really early, some teams that adopted it later, which teams were, were more successful. And another thing that's just really, really interesting about analytics, and you know, we like to talk about sports in, in general, but, and we'll have to elaborate on this, was that obviously the athletic art article with the Eagles, where they talked about the head of analytics went to Harvard and never played sports in his life. So a lot of times what's happening with analytics is that, you're getting like math nerds and like, a, and, I, and I'm saying nerd in the most positive way. You're getting elite, brilliant math and statistical minds, but you're telling them how to run an organization and a team that's based on physical oh, talent. And that, and that's what I mean. Like that's who was calling the plays last year. Right. The Eagles. I'm right. I'm telling you, we're going to have to, we're going to have so, to take a deeper dive. I just, my mind's getting a little so, slow. That's why I, I didn't explain it. Right. But yeah. I read it. I read so it that's today. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that too, but I do think it's really interesting. I don't think people realize that, that when you come up as a coach in professional sports, it's you play it and you live it and you're in it you know, and then you eventually become, and even if you play in college, but then you work as an assistant and then you work as, you know, a, a coordinator and then you kind of work your way up, but you're in it, you know? And what happens though, when you're playing, when, when you're, when you're playing, when you're going the analytics game is that it has nothing to do with sports. It's just math and, and computers and models and, formulas it has nothing to do like you don't know what a person is going through in their personal life that could affect your analytical outcome because that and so that's what makes me so frustrated is that like same thing with a song like you don't necessarily can always predict what song is going to be a hit sometimes a song is a hit because it resonates with people yes. not because the analytics say so and sometimes the analytics get it wrong because the sample is wrong. And yeah. You know what I mean? And so then like, next thing you know, you're hearing watermelon sugar high over and over and over again on the radio when nobody actually likes that song. No, I'm kidding. Is that what it's called? They do. Yeah. Do they like it? Watermelon sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Harry Styles. Don't you love him? 
I like him, but I can't stand that song. Every time I hear it, I'm like, no, not one more time. But like, wait, so this is really, this is, <laughs> this is going to be a shorter episode, but this is really interesting though, because what's happening with the music industry and TikTok is a kind of a perfect example is that a lot of hit songs are coming from TikTok, but it's only little parts of songs. And then they go to the radio, but then you're not getting multi-layered artists because it's just a song. So like before you had an artist that would come out and you would find them in a smoky bar and they would put out an album and <laughs> you loved it. Now it's like you do a dance on TikTok and then all of a sudden you're a hit. But like, are you going to have a hit album? I mean, the, I mean? Odds, like, the odds are probably not because like, what's the body of work? But like, and the same thing too is streaming, right? So you could have a song that's being streamed a million times but it could only be being streamed by let's say 5,000 people. It's not being streamed by the masses. So from an analytic side, it looks like this song's a hit, but really the masses don't like it. It's just the select group of people that are listening to it over and over and over again. So it's affecting the music industry and it's affecting how songs are promoted and how, you know, like it's just really, really, really interesting. The robots, it, the robots are taking over the world. Yeah. And, and they're doing it in a way where a lot of times humans don't have, because here's the thing. And you and I were talking a little bit off mic about like facts and statistics. And I actually hate facts and statistics because sometimes it's not about facts. In fact, there's that, that awful conservative um, commentator, Ben Shapiro, and he has that famous saying that says facts don't care about your feelings but what makes a human a human is feelings it's the difference yes so just because it's a fact doesn't mean that it's an absolute truth correct that's fair that's correct fair. because you can't every human has there every humans there's seven billion people in the world and there's only one of you yes Do you know how powerful that is so powerful so, it doesn't matter just because analytics say this, it's still a sample, but it's not really you. Yeah. You know? Yes. We're going deep. Doo -doo 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 -doo. That's but, very deep. That's so very anyway, deep. it will be interesting to see kind of what happens. And I just wish, but wait, really quick, just about the analytics. The reason that people love analytics, especially from a business side, is they feel that it's about money and they could, they could say, well, the facts say it. Like hard so, data, because it's hard data. Yes. So but they, the they but if the data is not applied appropriately either, like it, like in football, for instance, or any sport, um, I, I think statistically baseball is easier to track because there's, it's, it's kind of like one-off movements, right? Yeah. Um, unless you have like an aggressive, um, base runner, like Bryce Harper, I guess, like he kind of like veers the stats but you could still probably have some sort of like calculation of how often he steals bases based on like if you know somebody hits like a double or somebody hits triple like the likelihood of him going but i don't understand that's why yeah we're, we're gonna have to talk about like the football because like yeah. the end of the day right it goes like to turn to really like bring it back it's like the statistics could say Bryce Harper could steal a base if this, this, this happens, but they don't know if his kid's sick and he didn't get a good night's sleep the night before. Exactly. And he, and, and he and his wife got in a huge fight because she wanted him to unload the dishwasher. Exactly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the human element of it. Yes. Yes. And, and so the that. facts, 
the facts say 96% of the time he'll steal a base if X, Y, and Z, but guess what? He and his wife just got in a huge fight because, you know, she wanted him to reorganize the laundry room and he didn't do it. He did not do it. He didn't do it right. And she said something mean to him. And then his kid puked on his shoes and, and his, his cleats. Yeah. And his mind scattered. So like, that's the human side that the analytics can never, ever, ever know. Yes. And that's the difference between humans and robots. Yes. And we will, and we that will are, elaborate and- on this further. <laughs> like we should have episode. Sorry, this one, we have to cut this one short tonight. Um, but we just want to get a quick one in this week. Um, and again, make sure that you go back, check up on all the episodes that you missed of the Lipstick League. Please subscribe, leave a review. Now purchase our merch. Yay. Yeah. Our lovely sweatshirts. They'll be great for... Um, summer evening walks on the on the boardwalk yeah and here's the thing if you buy it i should say when you buy it obviously tag us and then we're going to repost all the picture all the adorable pictures of you in the sweatshirts yes and it's going to be good vibes only for everybody and that's the message that we want to send to everybody so we will talk to you next week bye